everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Ghoul's Night In, the spooky chat show with your best ghoul friends. I'm Penny Snark. And I'm Midge Munster. And today I want to talk about um, my favorite movie of all time (laughs) Uh, and get into the history of that a little bit and what has made it such a cult classic. And uh, for those of you who know me, that is, of course, Beetlejuice. Yay! Yay! It's the Beetlejuice episode. I've been waiting. What's that intro to the uh, Lizzo song? I'm like, I've been waiting for this one. Yes. (laughs) Oh, man. I am very excited to talk Beetlejuice. (laughs) Also, one of my very top faves. Yes. Yeah. You and I, actually, this is how one of the ways we kind of originally bonded uh, was over our love of Beetlejuice. So, uh, yes, we're both big fans of course uh now i do believe we did do this at the top of the nightmare before christmas episode as well um but dis- disclosures as always tim burton has a sordid past <laughs> <laughs> he has said some things that i don't agree with about uh things but i we're discussing the film as an art today uh burton as a as a director not as a human being uh so enjoy that with us if you will yes uh but yeah, let's uh, we'll start just kind of talking about generally uh, the the film and where it went from there, and then we'll get into some details. So uh, the film was originally released on March 29th, nineteen eighty eight. It was Ooh. written by Michael McDowell and Larry Wilson first draft, and then later we'll get into this a bit in a minute uh, was edited and heavily rewritten by Warren Scarin. And then, of course, directed by Tim Burton. Uh, and it was ended up being kind of a, a sleeper hit, big success. Like, nobody really thought it was going to be <laughs> as big <laughs> as it became. Uh, it was then later, of course, turned into a series, a cartoon series. Um, we have a, a musical that comes here just a couple years ago. So this has become a, a pretty big phenomenon, really. It's definitely a cult classic. Um, sure. But did you know that uh, it was not going to be like that at all originally? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the history of this film is really interesting. So as I mentioned, the, the first draft was written by Michael McDowell and Larry Wilson. Mm-hmm. And the original script was super freaking dark. Um, it was more of a horror film, really. They were leaning much more horror. Um, Beetlejuice was going to be a like winged demon thing. Mm-hmm. Um and they, when he took human form, they wanted him to be a, a Middle Eastern man, which, yikes. Oh, all right. Uh, <laughs> um, and his, like, aim was not to scare the family, but he was a homicidal maniac who was trying to murder them in cold blood and sexually assault Lydia. All right. Was what the original intent was for him. Um, the Maitland's dying scene was originally super graphic and drawn out of them drowning. And uh, the ending of the film was originally going to include Lydia dying to join the Maitland's in the afterlife. So That's very dark. <laughs> overall, it was, um, yeah, it was very much more going to be like a horror film and very, very like existential crisis <laughs> um even i i read one article that said the original like when they opened the door to look out at the like uh moons of jupiter and the sandworms are happening 
uh, that was originally supposed to be them. Like they open a door and they're just staring into like the churning wheels of time and the void and the darkness. Like it was just this really like dark meadow weird thing. So then when they get Tim Burton on board to direct this, uh, Warren Scarring comes in and does a whole bunch of rewriting. Um, they work together to kind of figure out where they want the middle ground to be. And obviously it ends up being much more of a comedy. It's it's called a horror comedy. I don't think it's a horror movie. I wouldn't. Yeah, I, I wouldn't would, call I it would that at all. A, a horror kind of movie at all. No, um, but it's definitely campy. It's definitely spooky. Uh, the uh, actually the MoMA. So there was a, a big Burton exhibit a couple years back and there were a lot of Tim Burton's handwritten notes in the original script that talked about the the shift uh, from this very like bleak, gory mm-hmm. film into a more like celebratory, uh, you know, celebratory death, but fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they pulled way back on the violence, etc. Um, and yeah, it ends up being the film that it is. Uh, the, another fun fact is that originally uh, Warner Brothers Studios were not keen on the title Beetlejuice. They did not want the movie to be called that. Uh, alternate titles originally included House Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And uh, my favorite, and this was actually a, a joke that Tim Burton made. He was like, oh, do you want it to be called Scared Sheetless? <laughs> to which the studio said, that's like, perfect. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Cut, print, check the gate. Like, they were ready to call it that. And Tim Burton was like, I was kidding, you ignorant. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we almost had a movie called Scared Sheetless, and thank God we didn't. Uh, but yeah, so then, of course, the the really interesting part of this film for me and why I think it's so interesting and love like kind of beloved is that it flips the haunted house script on its head. The ghosts become kind of the good guys quote um, with the Maitlands being trying to get the like people out of their house. Mm -hmm. Um, The people kind of become the ones that are haunting the house and it just pokes fun at being dead and being dead kind of being exactly like being alive. Yes. Um, I think it's definitely one of Burton's most fully fleshed out films visually. Um, it really shows kind of what goes on in his head design wise. And I, I think it's really, really just beautiful. Um, it actually, it won an Oscar as well for best makeup that year. Oh yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Um, but yeah, I, I, well, I guess we can get more into the series and stuff at another point (laughs) (laughs) i didn't have a great trajectory here about i guess how to get all this information in but um movie i mean i think the the one word that comes to my mind beetlejuice wise is juxtaposition like yeah (laughs) it's just so so fun and actually according to the, the guy who wrote the first draft of the script he said that when they got to the final version of the screenplay, he thought it was like the ultimate paradox and he called it a feel good movie about dying. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty true. <laughs> Which I love. Um, and yeah, I, I, 
I think it's uh, the the musical actually plays a lot on that too. The the opening number of so the musical uh, opened in Washington D.C. in 2018, and then it went to Broadway. Uh, I think April April of 2019, and the 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 opening number is called "The Whole Being Dead Thing," <laughs> and it's like a really fun romp, just poking fun at like oh sorry like we're we're gonna bum you out we're gonna talk about the whole being dead thing um and i think that's i don't know i mean other movies have done it but i don't think this successfully like it's it's freaking it's funny (laughs) yeah it is it's it's interesting because it's like i feel like i i 100 love the movie i think it's interesting that it it comes from a much darker thing because i feel like you do see a lot of like the roots of mm-hmm. darkness in the movie but then they're kind of like well but it's wacky and i very much like that but like you definitely get some of that um like i guess you would say almost like a lamp shading of some of those kind of like horror tropes of like oh it's death and the afterlife and yeah. all of these terrible things but it's like oh no what could the most horrifying thing be it's bureaucracy like right. everything <laughs> takes forever and you're never gonna get stuff and when you finally try and get help people are like well i i'm not the one who can help you yeah and, you know and the instructions of- <laughs> read like ikea furniture or <laughs> right <laughs> or i guess adam says like a, a stereo manual i think is what he <laughs> says. Right. Um, and like and beetlejuice is like if you just like look at all of the if you just like gave a list of like what Beetlejuice does and is and is described by, like he sounds like a a very horrifying character. Right. But he is he's presented in like a very, you know, goofy kind of way. And I, I always enjoy that when it's like, you know, this could I could see how you could definitely easily describe Beetlejuice as a horror movie or do like, you know, how people will like recut movie trailers and they did like the horror yes. movie Mary Poppins and stuff. Yeah. Like you, you could easily do a, you know, Beetlejuice is a straight up horror film uh, and I trailer. Think that's like that, that's what they did so well, like mm-hmm. taking... Uh, it's kind of fun to read about how much of this was kind of an accident too. <laughs> like, um, Burton originally want, this is such a weird thing, but he originally wanted um, Sammy Davis jr. To play Beetlejuice, mm. which like, what an interesting choice. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like somebody brought Keaton to him and he was like, Oh, huh. I mean, okay. Yeah. Like, and I actually love um, Tim Burton said that, he liked Keaton because he had like interesting eyes and he said he reminded him of Lon Chaney and Boris Korloff. Boris Karloff. <laughs> um, and so he like, he was like, yeah, I'm like, I'm interested in him. But I, I mean, Keaton a makes the film. He really, oh, yeah. I mean, I, it's, I mean, it's a cast of superb actors, first of all, but um, Keaton, I mean, he is that character. It's perfect. And, like they talk a lot in interviews about how much of that film Keaton improvised. Ooh, like yeah. Burton's like, he's like got to a point where he's like, I didn't know what was script and what Keaton was just making up, but we were letting him go with it. Like, <laughs> um, And creating that character. And then, I mean, he is only in 17 and a half minutes of the movie. It's crazy. And I think like, taking that kind of less is more approach to it 
and keeping him off like because i i could see where that character if it were if he were in an hour of the movie it would get old really quick yeah for sure you know with the voice and the high energy it would be a lot and i think like it was so smart to give us just like a kernel of (laughs) of keaton Right. And that's, I don't know, that's so interesting to hear. And I I won't talk about it too much because I might want to do an episode about this someday. But yes. like <laughs> Anthony Hopkins is only in like 14 minutes of Silence of the Lambs. Of Lambs. Yeah. yeah. And it's just the same kind of thing with um, Keaton as Beetlejuice is like, you know, it's not the screen time, but like the character has such a presence throughout the entire film that like well, you're everyone's to be talking like, about him mm-hmm. yeah like you learn so much about him from what everyone else is saying uh that when you finally meet him it's like oh okay yeah <laughs> well and this was actually an interesting thing about uh again just tribute to keaton as well uh because and burton really does credit him for having such a huge impact in how that character was crafted like the Beetlejuice that exists in that film did not exist before Keaton came into the the picture. Um, And originally in the early screenings of the script, they uh, ended it with Beetlejuice being trapped in the, uh, the model and that he was being like attacked by sandworms for all of eternity kind of thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And audiences actually wanted a more favorable outcome for him because they <laughs> liked him even yeah. though he's the worst and so that's where we get the the ending scene where he like gets to take that number in the you know the office and gets his head yeah. trunk and all that um they they added that little kind of tableau just to give a a continuation like like his time went on too even yeah. though he <laughs> even though he didn't necessarily deserve it <laughs> I also, uh, in things that almost didn't happen, I thought this was really interesting. Uh, They originally wanted Motown music throughout the movie, and Lydia was supposed to lip sync to uh, When a Man Loves a Woman. What? (laughs) Yeah. Um, But then the the royalties were too expensive, and like the next best thing they could get was Harry Belafonte. (laughs) And the Harry Belafonte is so iconic. And in it that makes movie. the movie. It absolutely makes the film. It would not be the same without it at all. And actually, the actor who played Otho, uh, they played Deo at his funeral because it was Aww. such a like big part of that yeah. film and everything. And I, yeah, I, I can't imagine that that movie was also my first exposure when I was young to Harry Belafonte, who is one of my favorite. <laughs> musical people now right yeah me probably me too (laughs) yeah but yeah i just i think it's uh really awesome how how those things happen how the all these weird little pieces that you know mishaps and mayhems things that weren't really supposed to be ended up all coming together into this really iconic uh awesome movie that i i mean i watch it every year on halloween it's it's one of my absolute favorite films um, and then it, it ended up, like I said, becoming a uh, an ABC Sunday morning cartoon series mm-hmm. later. Um, actually, the year after. They, it started uh, 1989 and ran through 1991 with 96 episodes, which actually oh, wow. I don't remember it having that many episodes. I definitely watched that show. <laughs> um, but it was kind of a, a huge deal that it was like super successful because 
they had done similar things with like Ghostbusters and other, you know, they had tried yeah. uh, like Bill and Ted, like they had tried to make children's cartoons off of these kind of weird campy movies and it, it hadn't really worked before. Um, but Beetlejuice was super successful and uh, it of course took a little bit different spin. Like Lydia and Beetlejuice are like friends and they kind of explore the neither world together and are popping in and out of realities. Um, but it was it, that ended up being the only cartoon series based off of a live action movie to ever win an Emmy for an outstanding animated program. Hmm. And uh, yeah, I thought I, I, I think there's something about those characters that just people people love. I mean, I did you ever watch the Beetlejuice series? I don't think so. I like I remember I'm sure I saw like commercials for it and stuff when mm-hmm. I was a kid, but I don't think I ever watched it. It used to be on like the like the ABC Sunday morning and they would do the like <laughs> that little like Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the little like recess montage yes. with the dodgeball. I do um, remember that. Yeah, and it would play on that, and I I definitely remember watching it as a kid. I couldn't tell you what a single episode was about now, um, but I, I really, really liked it. Um, and then, yeah, of course, like I said, then just two, what is it, 2022, three years ago, <laughs> uh, we got the musical, which I will say, I the musical is really interesting. I like a lot of the music, the set and costuming and everything is stunning. If you are not familiar with the Beetlejuice musical, go look up some some photos of mm-hmm. the the set design because holy heck, <laughs> the way they um, translated the Maitland house to, to the stage is just absolutely stunning. Um, do you remember like the first time you watched Beetlejuice at all? Do you remember at all when it was? It was definitely, I was definitely older just because as as has been wildly explored on this show, I didn't watch anything that even seemed remotely scary at all ever when I was a a young person. Um, I feel like I probably watched it when I was in middle school or early high school, probably for the first time. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So like, it definitely wasn't part of like my family's like rotation. I think it was when like I started personally like getting into Tim Burton and wanted to like watch more stuff. And I I probably got it from the library at some point. Um, But yeah, and it, it quickly became like a major fave. And I also definitely watch it every year. And it's just so good. And it's one of those movies that I feel like is even more fun to watch with people. Oh, just yeah. Because it's such like an event <laughs> and yeah. experience uh, to get to watch it. I am such and just because we haven't um, talked about her yet. I am such a fan of Catherine O'Hara. Catherine in O'Hara. Yeah. She is so good. Absolutely wonderful. I'm I'm sure you've seen. I'm, I'm going to partially misquote it, but I... <laughs> Uh, saw a tweet that I related to so much that was like, there's a time in every spooky woman's life that she must accept that she is no longer Lydia Dietz, the goth ingenue, and recognize she is an older Delia Dietz yelling at ghosts to cut the shit. <laughs> I was like, yes. Yeah. This is very true. <laughs> I I'm, I think I've been Delia. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I, I don't think I ever got to be Lydia. I think I came out 
as Adelia. Uh, yeah, no, Catherine O'Hara is phenomenal. I, I guess uh, I was reading some stuff. Her and um, the she took a lot of convincing to get. To, she didn't really want to do it, <laughs> which thank goodness because she's iconic in that oh, role. Yeah. Um, but like Gina Davis was one of the first ones to sign on. She was really excited to do it. Um, and then the Lydia, they had a heck of a time casting. They offered it to Sarah Jessica Parker. What? And uh, well, who's the other person? There was just a weird cast of people that I was like, oh, my God, I can't imagine anyone except Winona Ryder. Like, yeah, she, again, it, it, all these pieces, they came together and just created this perfect little nugget morsel that I, I treasure so much. Oh, my gosh. Oh. <gasps> Okay, I'm just having I'm we're having a real live moment here on the pod. Mm-hmm. So, uh, first, I'm going to plug one of our friends. First of all, uh, Matt from Hallow Woods. He does incredible artwork. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have his countdown to Halloween calendar hanging just behind my laptop here, where we're recording. And I just noticed that uh, the day after this episode will release, March 30th, is the Beetlejuice anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> I re- when you said uh, March 29th, I was like, wait, I think this is going to come out. <laughs> I didn't even, my brain literally did not do that on purpose. That is so funny. I literally just out of the corner of my eye just saw it says Beetlejuice anniversary on the calendar. So happy anniversary, Beetlejuice. Yes. We freaking love you. <laughs> we so, so love you. Oh my gosh. Well, I uh, am thrilled that I got the chance to chat with you about this today uh like like we mentioned uh, I'll, I'll blurb that very quickly just because i think we should share those photos uh penny and i when we met online one of the first things we did together was a beetlejuice collab yes we uh we both did our own take on beetlejuice and we did a take on lydia and then we like coupled ourselves together <laughs> as each character and that's still one of my favorite internet things I've ever done. Yes, that was so that was much so fun. fun. We'll, we'll definitely reshare those on the Instagram. So make sure you go to at Ghoul's Night In Pod to check it out. Yes, give us a follow over there. Uh, if you're enjoying the podcast, please do consider leaving us a review wherever you listen to us. Uh, that means a lot to us to to hear how you're enjoying what we're we're putting out there. We don't have a new review to read today, so hurry. Don't wait. <laughs> Act now. Act now. Our co- our collars are not our collars. Our <laughs> something operators. Our operators <laughs> are standing by. Yeah, Why would we're, our- we're just like the unsolved mysteries phone room right here. Just yeah. just waiting. Just waiting for for your call. <laughs> slash words. Slash slash your your words. Give us your review. <laughs> Get do it. Do it. <laughs> All right, friends. Well, thank you so much for listening today. Uh, If you are looking for me, you can find me across all platforms at Midge Munster. And you can find me at Penny Snark. And until next time, goodbye. goodbye.